The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of government contracting. Amtower Off Center with your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with longtime friend uh, and editor of Wash Tech, Nick Wakeman. Nick, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Mark. Good to be here. Always fun. Always yeah. fun. Uh, so um, uh, to give, give people a little bit of background, if, if they don't happen to know who you are, then number one, they should shoot themselves, but educate, ed- <laughs> educate them for a sec. Yeah, I'm the editor of Washington Technology, and we are an uh, online publication that covers government contractors, primarily in the IT systems integration space. Uh, we sort of venture, you know, that, that's a very uh, broad space, so, so there's a lot to write about there. I've been with WT for 21 years, believe it or not. Wow. In the editor. You back. go back to John Sanders and Esther? Oh, yeah. John Sanders and Esther were still there when I started. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love John. I mean, I love both of them. John Sanders is a great guy. I uh, I co-wrote the circu- first circulation audit for Washington Technology oh with Tim Carney and John Long. Oh, yeah. Um, I got dispensation from FCW to bring John over for a Saturday afternoon. We brainstormed out what uh, what the questions should be on the on the audit for. That was a blast. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, yeah, we have a long hit. That's one thing I like about I mean, WT's <clears throat> been here, you know, a long time. Yeah. And it was... 10, 20, I mean, I think in 86 is when it was founded. So. Yeah. So year before uh, Federal Computer Week, actually. Yes. So, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and and remains, I think, the only publication really dedicated to government contracting. Is, is I, I think so. I mean, there we sort of have, uh, you know, sort of, you know, you have uh, a couple of different, like, social media platforms or, or networking yeah, platforms. Sure, that, sure. They, that do news and things like that, but... But uh, yeah, some some of those I find have been associated with uh, particular companies. Yes. selling stuff. Yeah. So um, you know, I mean, Imix, for example, their blog is is wonderful, right? And gives a lot of great information. But they're a distributor. Yeah. So yeah, if you ever wanted to do a show on how the media world has changed, you know, you could get a good panel in here because because what you're talking about when you see companies like Imix and you know others do these sort of custom pieces. And it's it. There's the quality of it. It can be pretty good. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's not independent, of course. But it also, from uh, my perspective, it's other things to compete with just for people's time and attention. So we gotta. Yeah. Well, I, I've been doing my newsletter on and off since '91 or '92. I've been writing for you for ten years. I've been yeah. here for twelve years. Um, You're a, a diversified media yeah. conglomerate. Books. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yes, uh, Mark Press. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, on to the meteor yes, stuff here. Yes. Uh, uh, let's let's uh, give me give me your thoughts on the current trends here, uh, and start pretty much anywhere you want. I mean, we have uh, um, you know GDIT and CSRA, and you yeah. know the two weeks before that, CSRA bought Praxis. Uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, um, the M and A world is is really heated up. I mean, last year I think we had about a hundred deals in the market that closed. I think this year will will be at least that much. That would surprise me. You know, you have and then you have these really big deals. I mean, GD CSRA is is huge. You know, we're in the process of you know Vencore and DXC and Keypoint Solutions coming together. Um, this is a little bit of our area, you know, Northrop is buying Orbital, but that's still a big mm-hmm. deal. And you're seeing this in, you know, scale all of a sudden is important again at a, at a certain level. Um, I'm not sure if it's necessary scale that serves the customer that much. I'm not sure. Uh, I think the jury's out on whether, you know, bigger is, is better from the customer perspective. Well, but, we've, we've seen, I mean, you've been doing this for a long yeah. time. We've seen this before. Companies that feel like they need to grow, and three to five years later, they jettison units of the <laughs> acquired right. company. Yeah, there's you know, a cycle for, there. Yeah, for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's a, not a cultural fit. Sometimes it's just not a strategic fit. Yeah, and, I, and sometimes I think it's, uh, as one person is, just, it's like financial engineering, kind of, you know, for the public companies. You're serving your shareholders with these deals, whether you're acquiring or, di- or you know, or divesting. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, this – I was here before a lot of this market was on a quarterly reporting basis. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you, you caught kind of the tail end of that too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was very, very different then. Yes. You pursued – very specific vehicles and very specific niches in the market, and you didn't really worry about growth out of that. Right. You know, if an area was, you know, uh, computer security. Computer security started getting hot in 93, 94, but it wasn't funded for the next 15 years. <laughs> so who gives, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I, I think you still see a lot of those kinds of deals when you get down to the small and mid-tier companies. I think they're being much more... Uh, their motivation is different than what like the really big companies do because you know they're private, so they're looking at oh we see growth in this market over here we want to yeah. get in there and they're not necessarily <clears throat> making acquisitions and then uh, you know sucking out the costs and and things like that to you know boost their uh, their profits for shareholders they're more looking at oh we can we got a position to get in growth here so they can move faster and take advantage of the growth we're seeing I mean, with the budget yeah. situation I mean. Uh, my, my, see fa- a lot of my favorite speaking gigs are for small business. So I, I do, I've done three or four for AFSIA. I love speaking to those events. The ones that, that really get me moving though, are the events that are not public events. They're private invite only. And on rare occasion, they invite an outside speaker like me to come in and talk about a specific topic. And I did one about six months ago for a private group all the uh, – C- it was CEOs only, uh, 45 or so people who did business at Fort Meade, which means oh, wow. one of two major clients, yeah. right? And uh, um, what was – they let me stay the whole lunch, but what – you know, after I talked for 20 minutes or so, what they do is share information on deals coming down the pike and who's going to partner with who. Hmm. And – those things are really cool because yeah. these people really share information amongst. It's it's a little community, 
And, uh, you know, they, they are they're, obviously they're concerned about their own company's growth. But unless you share that information, other people aren't going to share it with you and you'll never find the right deals to partner up on. Yeah. And I think small businesses in particular like to talk to each other and like to, you know, and need to as well. It's just sort of, you know, this may be a little bit of a tangent, but the, you know, when a, an agency puts out an RFI, you know, those small businesses need to reply to those mm-hmm. to make sure that then the, the subsequent qu- contract is actually a small business contract. Yeah. You know, that whole rule of two thing yeah. comes into And place, I, I so. just saw something this morning, uh, uh, a Bloomberg report on uh, set-aside business actually going up in 17, but dropping down not quite precipitously, but perhaps precipitously if the trend continues in 18. So, oh, that'll be interesting. I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to find that, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll share it with you if I'm allowed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you know, when we were talking about this before the show, you mentioned a couple other deals that, uh, or, or a couple other companies that may be looking for those larger acquisition-type scenarios. Well, you know, it sort of, sort of starts with the GDCSRA deal. Right. And, you know, you had... CACI and SAIC both were in that first round of of the auction and the and the competition for that before. Right, CSRA. they didn't have cash. <laughs> they didn't have cash. They were doing it, but the fact that both of them and then CACI came back really aggressively there yeah. in the second round. But the fact that both of them were willing to put up their stock and their cash to that level to, um, you know. Six, bulk eight, up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it really tells me that they're ready to make make some big deals. Now, what their who their targets are, you know, I'm very bad at picking who who's going to be acquired. Um, but I think I think you'll see them do something. I mean, CACI always is doing deals, but I think here in the last four or five years, they've done some real, you know, uh, significant ones that changed the company. You know, they, when they made when they bought six three. And then they, you know, when they bought the uh, the L3 business, um, so they they know how to make sort of game changing deals. And SAIC as well, um, you know, they acquired I think Cytor and, and and some others. But I think they both show that they've got the resources and they've got the guts to really roll the dice. So I, it'll be fun to watch those two companies over the next year. Yeah, and but you also mentioned that there's. Uh, 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 not specifically by name, smaller deals coming down the pike due to hotness of specific oh, areas. Yeah, yeah, You're, we're seeing a lot of deals around Intel. Um, we're seeing, you know, cloud, uh, you know, cloud services, cloud, you know, in its whole range. You know, cloud is a big bucket of the things that, yeah. that agencies need. Uh, artificial <clears throat> intelligence, you know, uh, cyber. Of course, everybody's trying to add add cyber. Um, and with that analytics, a lot of times, is a, you know, those are, those are kind of the big, big hot areas we see because the agencies are spending more money there. Yeah, I've had a number of uh, uh, probably three or four small companies approach me to help them with uh, 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 deep dive data analytics uh, kind of things in the last two or three months. So there's interest from uh, um, and I'm, I'm relatively small companies. We're talking 20, 30 people max. For a couple of these companies, yeah. but you know they've been periphery on the on the government market. Now they want to you know just dive. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it you know I, I tell them and, and you tell me you know 
high risk, high reward. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the risk factor first if you're betting your company on this. Yeah, yeah. And, and you see, too, that, uh, um, you know, not just the hot areas, but like uh, um, KW, you know, acquired Soterra yeah. last year. And a big driver of that was KW's got all kinds of great capabilities. They didn't have a lot of contract vehicles. Soterra did. And so yeah. that really... You know, KW is one that uh, uh, should be positioned for a lot of growth, but that also I think will make them. Uh, they're probably an attractive takeover target too for somebody. That that's one to watch. Kind of on, they could potentially be on both sides of that. <clears throat> yeah, but next uh, year. yeah, I mean, if if they have the uh, you know part part of the problem here though is is retaining the right personnel right to make the deal worthwhile in the long run contracts are great but if you don't have people you know the 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 right butts in seat that's right you know square peg round hole don't work yeah well people told me this when i started you know 20 years ago that you know the best assets walk out the door every most valuable assets walk out the door every day and go home it's your you know it's your people so yeah so, all right, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Tower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com at 1500 AM. I'll be back with Nick right after this. Welcome back to Tower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com at 1500 AM. I'm here with Nick Wakeman, editor of Washington Technology. You can find Nick on LinkedIn, or you can find him at washingtontechnology.com. Uh, and I suggest you do both. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll connect with you on LinkedIn, but who the hell knows? Um, so kind of tied into that, that M&A scenario, you do a contractor confidence index study right. at WashTech. Give me a little background on that and tell me where it sits right now. Yeah, we, we started, I guess, about two and a half, three years ago with this uh, survey asking the same set of questions. You know, do you expect to grow? Do you, are you hiring? Do you expect layoffs? You know, general, you know, what do you think? The market's headed, you know, you know, what investments you're going to make, that kind of thing. And, and so we created this index. And, and the first few years, a couple of years, it, you know, the index started at 100. You kind of set that base. And then after that, it sort of, you know, it was bouncing up and down, but stayed right around there. And then this, in this latest one, it just really, you know, uh, spiked, a spiked bit. up to, <clears throat> to 122.1. And, uh, you know, it had gone up after, you know, Trump was elected. And and I kind of thought it would come down, but it's really it's staying up there that 122 level. I think part of it is, you know, the, there's a lot more clarity around the budget, so I think people are hopeful that way. I think you know the Trump administration has a you know perception that there's you know more pro business kind of outlook, so there's opportunities that way. But I do think that after those years of sequestration, there's just so much pent up <laughs> demand and. And they now are connecting legacy systems so much more into, you know, your security vulnerabilities. And so they know they have to spend money there. So I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of confidence there. I mean, like over 60 percent of the people that took the survey expect their companies to grow where, you know, uh, a couple of years ago it was it was under half thought their companies would grow. Yeah. Um, and now, you know. People feel like the, you know the, comp- the market is really headed in a positive direction. So, uh, but again, I think it's the well, know, yeah. Compared to your study, what was it, your first year or your second year where it was like thirty percent? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. People were <clears throat> kind of down, but you know, I, I really think you know, I think it would be a great 
Harvard Business School study or something to look at the impact that George Washington Business School. George started. Washington Business School. Please. George Mason. Yes. No. 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 To, I teach you George oh, Washington. Okay. <laughs> to uh, to kind of look at the impact that sequestration had because I kind of feel that uh, you know it was too extreme, but it I you know uh, just what the impact would be because I think there's was positive and negative to it, mostly negative, but. Yeah, it, it and and then the question is, you know, is is confidence at 122? Yeah, is it too high? Uh, yeah, I I wonder because you know, not to get too political, but when you look at the the tax cut and then followed by the uh the uh increase, the significant increase in the budget, those macroeconomic factors and what that, you know, our our deficit and the and the debt that all is going to come to roost again and I think that uh you know, if you're going to make money, you need to make it now because two years, three years from now, it could be a completely different market. Yeah, and and uh, uh, going back to Trump for a second, I haven't seen any tweets about particular contractors and airplane deals. No, no, in quite a he, while. Yeah, so hopefully somebody said you really shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'd forgotten. Yeah, he really was hitting on some people hard there for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Cost over. I could build yeah. this plane for twelve bucks. Yeah. I wonder if he'll, <laughs> when they start building the wall and they get the cost overruns there, if he'll he'll be tweeting about that. Um, <laughs> well, I, I I know Mr. Pence didn't bring up that particular cost topic with the Mexican yes. president. So, uh, whatever. Um, so uh, top top priorities. Um, I, I I like your list: um, cyber, cloud, big data, mobility, data center consolidation, emerging AI. I think emerging fairly quick. Yes. But what um, the not big deal intrigues me because I'm actually speaking at the uh, Government Blockchain Association in a couple, uh, like two months or something, yeah. somewhere over the summer. I'm speaking there. Um, you know, before I got the invitation, I didn't know there was a government blockchain. <laughs> well, I think that's part of it too. I think that uh, you know, so in in part of our confidence index sur- survey, we asked people, you know, what are your customers asking for, and we gave them a list of things, and and it's you know, <clears throat> less than a quarter of the customers are asking about blockchain. Well, doesn't everybody think it has something to do with Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah, I I think so, and I but I think part of it is is it's just maybe too new or still trying to you know. I'm not saying not to pay attention to it. I think right. it's, but uh, if you're looking at this next like two year window, I think more opportunities are going to be in in those you know, cloud, in, cyber, in, those areas than blockchain. I struggle. Do you have any specifics for that top priority area, or just across the board? I mean, you know, think think back. Uh, what three four years we had companies claiming to be cloud brokers. Do you remember right, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell's a cloud broker? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, with cloud, you know, I think the opportunities there are, are right now are going to be like helping the migration. That's where, you know, because, you know, moving things there over the pieces. And, and, and also, if you're just, uh, oh, what was the expression they used to use? Oh, if you're just paving the cow path, oh. you're not going to get much, uh, the benefit of yeah. it. But if you can go in there and look at processes and and you know reinvent them and and uh, and look at security and what your vulnerabilities but how, are, how, that, how reliant that, is that growth on the FedRAMP process? 
I getting think, that authorization. Yeah, I, I think it's important. I mean, I think that. Uh, um, I mean, this set up the guidelines, right? Yeah. And GSA is executing them through FedRAM. Yeah. But it's an arduous process because I've been working with two companies trying to go through this. Yeah, it is. I think that's what they really need to, to focus on. But if you look at, you know, what DOD is doing with with Jedi, they haven't really talked much about FedRAMP there. No, I haven't seen anything about <laughs> yeah, FedRAMP so, there. Um, I think there's, you know, maybe a changing perception that, you know, if you're doing it in the commercial world, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's already secure. Maybe the, I think the commercial world is is farther ahead than government in how they use the cloud. So. Um, they're yeah, but I I don't think that necessarily makes it more secure. Yeah. You know, the process there's there's no uni- uniformity of process there. True. True. And there, you know, un- unless something hits the fan, and we've seen fans spinning big time for, you know. Large retailers, oh, yeah. and, you know, yeah. et cetera. Um, was it SunTrust? I heard on the radio this morning a former employee hacked in and was selling stuff to oh, an God. untoward source. Um, here's a thrill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. But, you know, with without that, that uh, I mean, FedRAMP is, is designed to guarantee the security of the process right. and the vendor, right? So, um I think you know, and, and there's a number of things about Jedi that I'm I'm curious about. So maybe maybe we should pick that up on the other side okay. of this. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on FederalNewsRadio.com and fifteen hundred AM. I'm having a good time here with Nick. Hope you're enjoying the conversation. Back right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on FederalNewsRadio.com and fifteen hundred AM. I'm here today with Nick Wakeman of Washington Technology again, WashingtonTechnology.com. DoD's uh, uh, Jedi, you know, flashback to the late sixties, early seventies, cream, uh, strange brew, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that's a great way to describe it. Um, there's so much in there, and there's so many things they're trying to do. Yeah, and and, uh, and the you know the first thing that struck me is. You want companies that don't make most of their money from the government, right? So yeah, there, there there's a real bias, I guess, is maybe one way to describe it against, uh, you know, they want a commercial cloud. That then, so if you're seventy five percent federal government revenue, are you really commercial? I guess is what they're saying. But to me, what they're doing is they're pushing out. GD, IT with CSRA, they're not going to be a prime. Lidos can't be a prime. I mean, I think they're kind of eliminating those. Unless, I guess, I guess you can, your teammates, but still, I mean, you're, you're saying it's got, it's good. So it has to be either AWS or Azure. Those are the only two that could really meet that criteria. Yeah. You seem to have eliminated the FedRAMP process right. from this. Yes. Yeah. That's the other part of it that and, they don't talk about it with, I don't know if I have to go back and do a, Word searcher, I don't think it's in there anywhere. Yeah, so I'm, I'm my my big commerciality is great, functionality is great, security is tantamount. Right. So just because you have commercial success doesn't mean you have a safe platform. Right. So I'm but, easy, you know, I'm easily confused are, about technical stuff. They, they do. They are requiring you know, and I guess they don't use the term FedRAMP, but you don't have to have it when you propose even though awrs is already certified to you know secret has a secret cloud azure mm-hmm. is probably there now maybe they, yeah or we'll be announcing it shortly yeah um so i mean they do have 
you know, they do have some pretty high security bars in there, but it is a different approach. Are they NIST based? I think so. I think, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if they, if they got blessing or, or deploy the, the NIST parameters. Yeah. I, I think people are still really bothered by it being a single award, uh, approach even though they you know they say oh any team you know can come together we're not dictating that it has to be you know aws or azure um you just have to meet this gateway but you go through the gateway and it, it's geared towards you know it can only be those two really yeah but the other well, thing i mean they're the only ones that are, are sized properly to handle something like that. yeah yeah and then there's a lot of things that aren't in there that they're not talking about you know migration you know you know, more details on like an exit strategy if, you know, they want to get out of it. It's just, it's, that's the part that I find remarkable or some of those things they're just not talking much about, even though they're. Well, you know, yeah, it'll be fun to watch this one unfold. And I'm wondering when the first round of protests will hit the fan. Yeah. I, I imagine pretty soon after the final RFP is out, but they also have these congressional reports they have to get done. And uh, I think the deadline for those are late May. I want to say like the 24th, 25th. And they still say they're going to get the final RFP out in early May. So I don't know. Does that mean they'll get the reports to Congress or are they going to thumb their noses at Congress? I can't see them doing that because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to make your appropriations committee angry with no, you. No, that, that that wouldn't be beneficial. Yeah. Uh. So. All right, so I mean, or that, that's a big contract coming down the pike. So let's talk about contracts in in general. Are there any trends discernible in what's popular, uh, what's going up, what's flattening out, what's going down? GWACs, IDIQs, BPAs, yeah. OTAs. OTAs seem to be hot. But yeah, OTAs are hot. I think because they're so you know, their total number isn't huge yet. But I think the fact that it's it's kind of exploded from, you know, hundred million three or four years ago. I'm just to, you know, almost it's pushing up against a billion. And you even had one that, you know, a cloud one that that transportation command tried to do as an OTA kind of thing that was a billion, but that got pulled back. I mean, OTA um, is is a really important trend. I think. I think industry and government are still trying to get their arms around how exactly it works and oh, what it is. For, and stuff. for I mean, o, OTAs have been around it's for been a very long time. Yes, but it was so very only limited. the cognoscente, yes. only the truly uh, uh, deeply embedded contractors knew how to weasel these things <laughs> out of the government. And you know, it was all it was R and D type stuff. It was like, oh, can yeah. you build me, you know, X so we can test it? Um, and yeah, I so, think it's still that way, but what that X can be is broader. Yeah, it's getting more into <clears throat> IT software development uh, and things like that. Uh, things that they say are not commercially available, I guess, is the the, the thing. Uh, GWAX are continue to be important. I think uh, um, you know anything that that you know is, is fast and and. And easy, easy to use and cheap yeah, and cheap yeah yeah because agencies i don't think want to necessarily invest in uh building a whole acquisition workforce to develop a contract vehicle they'll want an acquisition workforce that can help them buy off of other contract vehicles mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily need to own their own vehicle as much anymore yeah so i mean you know one one of the things that that uh amuses me is 
OPM and uh, GSA uh, went to great lengths to set up that HCATS contract. Yeah. And, and then they squished all of the other professional services into the Zero Zero Corp vehicle. <laughs> uh, but HCATS charges 2%. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, a, that's the highest yes, of any I, contract I know. Yeah. And so the result is that schedule is doing great business. I mean, <laughs> they did like $8 billion yeah. Yeah. last year. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Going, that, is, that ain't bad. No, no. And um, I think, you know, and and you don't have to wait for the contract to open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, God, two percent. I mean, one percent always. Well, seems to be like got the, the ceiling. Soup down to yeah. what twenty nine percent or something ridiculous. I don't know if that's the exact number yeah. or not, but it's low. Yeah, yeah. Point two nine. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'd shoot me if, yeah, that's if, right. if I said twenty nine. Never talk mm-hmm. damn tower again. <laughs> I've heard that before. Um, but, you know, uh, so, uh, but the other thing I hear is, you know, uh, over the last year or so, the NITAC vehicles have have not produced as much as they did over the last, say, four years yeah. or so. Have you heard yeah. anything similar? I, not, not a lot, but I do think that, you know, it could be that, you know, you know GSA getting their house better in order. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that, uh, you know, they brought their rates down, making it easier to, you know, to, to go through those vehicles. That's probably, probably, I, 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 but I don't really know, don't know that much. I've heard some of what you're talking about, but not a lot. Yeah. Um, so anything on a, a Lion or Oasis that you've heard lately or same? Uh, you know, I'm uh, doing, yeah. doing well. Hope, hoping I mean, Casey can come back on the show soon. Yeah. <laughs> so always fun to see him. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. So, um, so that's, okay. you know, what, any, any other contracts stick out? I mean, we, 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 we took a deep look at, uh, um, Jedi, but, um, well, you know, DOD also has the, the email cloud yeah. contract that they're just $8 billion, $8 billion worth of the defense, oh, defense enterprise office solutions. Something like that. DOS. Yeah. Uh, it made me think one day they were trying to resurrect uh, the 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 original idiq contract uh, Dias from yeah. way back <laughs> but uh i'm I, I kind of wish though they had done made it a another star wars type acronym because those two you know they're yeah but i guess there's different parts of dod doing it but Whatever. it does say how much that the defense department i think is ahead of the curve in pushing into like commercial cloud and and things like that that the civilian world is gonna follow them and i mean we haven't talked about this in a while but I do think back to when Amazon won the CIA cloud. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we all said, "Oh, this is a watershed moment," you know, which is easy to say that name, but I think actually it really was. I mean, I think it's living up to that. Not that it, you know, I've heard mixed things. Some people think it's doing great. Other people think there's problems, and there probably are. But I think that the impact it's had, you know, kind of goes beyond what it's doing itself. I think it it changed a mindset. Yeah, well, there's only so much we're going to hear about it because it's right. an IC contract. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure that the negative we're not things I've heard. Taking that laundry in public. Yeah, and I think you know, the negative things I've heard generally come from people who are competing against Lost, AWS, yeah. and the positive <laughs> things I hear are from people that want to really be close to AWS and be their best friend. So, 
you know, yeah. it's he, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Nothing That's goes it. perfectly. Nothing. Well, yeah, and, and considering how uh, truly recent AWS entered the market, they've had a, a just an extraordinary impact. Yeah, and I think that that uh, that's a big message. I think to the traditional contractors is that you know, and, and you know, uh, I think I've talked to you about this before. That I look at our top, annual top one hundred mm-hmm. from two thousand and three to uh, two thousand seventeen. 60 companies disappeared from the top 100. Now, a lot of them were acquired. Right. And, and very know, little attrition. Yeah. More being but, sucked up in a vacuum. Yeah. But it does say that, uh, you know, some of the companies that are on there now that weren't, you know, Deloitte is way up there. Accenture is way up there. I mean, you do have these companies that, uh, um, you know, weren't really in the market or, or you know, you see change. And so I think the companies need to think about, you know, am I just doing the same thing over and over, even though I'm successful at today, am I going to be successful at it five years from now? Right. And what does that, what does that take? What's it mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'll be back with Nick to wrap up right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here with Nick Wakeman. You can find Nick, again, on LinkedIn or at washingtontechnology.com. Nick, uh, um, the money's available. The budget passed. Yes, the budget Uh, did, believe um, it or not. None of it fell into my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Nor mine, Mark. But uh, I'm, I well, to go I'm to hoping work I get day. some of that pass-through <laughs> money. Contractor gets money. They hire Mark. Yeah. Um, um, but so, I mean, we're, we're, we're literally almost done or halfway through the second or third quarter of the fiscal. Yeah. And the money's here. So what does end of FY look like? Show me your crystal yeah. ball. <laughs> My crystal ball. Well, I think it's going to be the feeding frenzy of feeding frenzies at the end of the year. Because not only, of course, we're late getting the budget, so but also at least we this, have one. We have one, and but the substantial increase. I mean, uh, that that's pretty remarkable. And so agencies, you know, they're going to. It's going to be crazy. It, it really is. I think. All right, so crazy or where? I mean, certainly not at EPA or Interior. No, but I mean, but um, EPA's, you know, their budgets are kind of flat, so yeah. it's still a lot of money to, to spend. Yeah. And I think the other thing with so, a lot of these agencies is that if you look at the the president's FY18 budget proposal. Well, I know where they're going to spend it at EPA and, and uh, buy new furniture. That's right. And soundproof phone booths, right? Yeah. Um, get that get that Maxwell smart <laughs> cone of silence. You know, I keep waiting for Saturday Night Live or somebody to do that to resurrect that. But uh, no, it'd be the Capitol steps. That's there. right. That's right. But you know, these agencies have got to you know you've got to feel whiplash right now because you know you get that that guidance even though it never passed. But you think okay, my budget's going to be cut significantly, and then you start managing towards that, and then all of a sudden, oh, my budget is back Not to bad. where it was. Or it's bigger. <clears throat> What do I do? You know, you got to. So now they're going in a different direction. Now, of course, there is some talk about they're going to try to claw back some money so that, you know, uh, but I just don't think that'll make it through uh, through Congress. I don't I see how. Yeah. I mean, I mean take, number one, by the end of September. Yeah. <laughs> how long true. is there summer recess? <laughs> Five yeah, months? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, 
tell your people now, no vacations in September. So if you, if anybody did take vacation in September. Well, yeah, that, you know, and, and, and you couple the end of FY budget with the, uh, uh, the increased micro purchase right. threshold. Yes, that's pretty significant. Yeah, I too. need to, you know I I uh, really need to dig into that because I think there's a lot you know as you know there's a lot of things going on in that in that world. Yeah, you know uh, again Amazon with Amazon business. You know I haven't. Uh, well, you know in in the '90s I brought in a lot of companies predicated on on smart pay or back then impact action. Right, and it's not a a credit card for the government. It's a charge card. They pay it off every month. They get a rebate from uh, from the banks. So last year, uh, 2017, they got $300 million back wow. as part of the deal. They get a certain percentage by, because they pay off every month. Um, so, uh, you know, David Shea's just done a, a hell of a job there at the Office of Smart Card Management or over GSA, yeah. um, and and the site can give you a lot of lot of information too yeah. there. So, um, but you know, uh, besides crazy, you know, the the, the whiplash action uh, of of the agencies going, whoa, dude, got money. Uh, projects queued up. Are we going to see um, uh, go back to where where we were earlier? Are we going to see a lot more action on the the GWAX on schedule? Uh, where do you anticipate the uh, um, you know, and and new programs. Yeah, I think it, I think the GWACs and the schedules will see. They always do see the the bulk of it because it's already in place. Agencies know how to use it. That's you know, um, and from the contractor's perspective, you have to be uh, where it's easy for your customer to get to you, especially when they were trying to spend, you know, spend money in a hurry, and uh, yeah, and yeah. helping them resurrect some of these programs. I'm sure they thought were dead just. Three four months ago, yeah, and this is where you know the the companies that laid off all those BD people right. in the last couple oh, of yeah. years are, are paying paying the price because yes. those BD people probably took those deals to another employer, yeah, and they've been queuing them up there. So yeah, that's a uh, great that's a great comment. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that part of it, but you're right. I mean that um, a lot of companies I think are missing that institutional knowledge and those relationships and and things. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it'll be consultants, uh, you know, help the consultants. I would think to come in and charge yeah. top dollar to help. I, them I do try that. to find uh, uh, in my connections on LinkedIn, BD guys who specialized in particular agencies. So when I get an inquiry about that, I have an immediate resource that I can go to, who's been doing nothing but CMS or. DISA or oh, yeah. whatever yeah. for, you know, 15 years. Um, that's institutional knowledge. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's hard to come by. Right, right. So not only where the bodies are buried, where the programs were, where the programs are going, what legacy systems need maintenance, how they're going to migrate that. You talk about IT modernization. Yeah. You know, they they know yeah. <laughs> this hey, that, That's a great point. It goes back to what you were saying earlier when we were talking about M&A, that you're sure you can buy contracts. That's great, but it's the the people part of it that it, it all comes back to. Yeah, yeah, and I, that you know, um, I I know people who like to move, and I know people who don't like to move. Yeah, um, you know, and it tends to be I think the younger ones that like some mobility, 
But if you you start in the right company and grow, you know, start with a small company and grow with it, then you, the opportunities are great. But yeah. um, so I, I want to wrap up on a couple of things. Uh, first of all, to get back to to uh, to LinkedIn for a moment, I did a column for you a month or so ago, and this is probably the you know I send you my ideas for columns and right. you know. Every now and again, you know, you're back to me in, you know, a few days because, you know, yeah. I imagine you have a few emails and you have to <laughs> mull over the idea. What's he talking about this time? I don't you know. Um, you got back to me pretty quick on that because I did the column on my biannual census of right. LinkedIn and uh, uh, we're showing about 1.95 or so million feds on LinkedIn, which is up um, 400 and 50,000 over my 2016 census. That's what caught my attention was the, that number and the, that, you know, it shows a chain that I guess that people want to connect, that people want to, you know, share. It, it's pretty. Connect, share, or vet. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's when I speak at NCMA, that's what I'm talking about. How do you vet contractors and SMEs yeah. on LinkedIn? Yeah. Um, so it's 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 oh vent. I, I was thinking when you first said that I was thinking vent. I'm like, oh, I got to get in those groups where there are no venting. No, oh, yeah, things. no, no, no. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the vetting process. LinkedIn is embedded here. I mean, yeah. we're talking about cloud becoming ubiquitous. LinkedIn has become ubiquitous in this market. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if 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 you're not there, if your your uh, uh, profile isn't really demonstrating who you are and what you do, uh, you damn well better give me a call. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. What should contractors be aware of right now? Oh, wow. Um, I think with the budget, you know, there's still a lot to learn there, trying to uh, figure out how your, what your customer needs to do and, and what their priorities are over the next uh, six, six months, less than six months. Yeah, five. Five. Um, I think that that's the top priority. I think, you know, we. Well, yeah. Yeah. Five. Yeah. I think longer term, I think one of the demographics in the market is, is is going to be a big issue. And I'm not sure what the answer is there, but you know, I think we need to look at the market and like, you know, why does somebody who's 20 years old now, why would they want to work for a contractor or work for the government, you know, five years from now? Um, and I think that's going to be, you know, you know, I've, I've heard for over the last 20 years, oh, this tidal wave of you know, of, of retirement yeah, and stuff, yeah. but I think it's, you know, it is, it's not necessarily. I started the rumor and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think that the way people work is changing. And, and uh, actually, I think I started the rumor in Wash Tech in one of my articles. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, 40% of the senior executive yeah. service was eligible for retirement. I said, here it comes. Yeah. And, and I was, it, what, it, 10 years too early? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's about when I wrote it. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Might have been one of my first columns for you. <laughs> Maybe I have to go back and look. But I do think that's a big that's a big issue. Yeah, um, yeah. Get, getting uh, uh, you know how exciting is working for the government? Well, it's ex as exciting as you want it to be, and you can pick your area of expertise because there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think <clears throat> what the government does. I mean, I think it's not necessarily the content of of the job because I mean you talk about big problems you know challenges if you want to be pushed to the limits of your abilities you're not going to find more opportunities 
out, you know, the government is where you want to be. Yeah. It's the challenge. It's more, I think, cultural things, uh, you know, work schedules, flexibility, you know, how, you know, it's more of those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, because you see on the business side that, you know, there's some companies that will probably never significantly do federal work because they, they're going to get frustrated with the rules and regulations. I think that's why OTA is sort of bubbled up because, oh, here's a way that I can do business without following the FAR. Yeah, but on the back end, um, you still have certain requirements right. as a contractor. Yes. So you may be able to skirt the FAR, but <clears throat> yeah, yeah. beware what you wish it's for. A, it's a complicated marketplace. Yeah. So. Which to me makes it cool. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I think the same thing would apply for Virginia. When I'm talking to people in Maryland about this, I say federal government's the largest employer, single employer in our state, but the largest industry in Maryland 